Hey guys, welcome to another episode of More Than a Podcast. It is your host, James. As always, I'm here to give you guys more of the greatness. God, I'm so good right now. Uh, Hopefully you guys are having a great week. Hopefully everything started okay for you. I said everything, not everything. There we go. Everything. Hopefully everything started great for you. Uh, My week has been great. My weekend was awesome. And again, I'm hoping that that was the same. So we're just going to get right into it. We're going to talk about a lot of things. Um, I'm super excited about today's episode. Um, One of the recent releases in video games. We're going to jump right into games, as I always do. And um, we're going to talk about a little bit of Rogue Legacy. Now, I know that, uh, you know, if you're an avid gamer and, uh, you know, you're a fan of the roguelikes, then... Rogue Legacy is probably one of those games that you started with. I know it was one of the games that I started with. So that was basically like one of my first kind of die and try games. And to be quite honest, I did not enjoy it. I didn't really understand the concept of dying and trying again. I thought I thought it was weird. I like really thought it was weird. And um, <clears throat> um, it's it's kind of cool that they're coming out with a sequel because I really like even though I personally didn't like the original game I think that there's something to be said about them being the foundation of roguelikes becoming as popular as they have because it's it like you know it's it's super cool to be in the generation that I am I'm I'm from the 80s 90s as far as gaming so i've basically been watching the maturation of video games for like a lifetime and when i can watch genres and subgenres be birthed it's kind of cool right and this was one of those times you know where it was just kind of like yo like this is just like a whole different swing on how we enjoy video games it was kind of like um it kind of felt it kind of felt the same way that I felt like when I first played like Peggle or Geometry Wars, right? Like just like just stupid fun. You don't really understand why it's so fun, but it's cool nonetheless. And um I mean, like yeah, Ro- uh, Rogue Legacy is a cool game. I just was not very good at it because I felt like I felt like they were leaning so far into like the Dark Souls side side of gaming because, you know, as uh, gaming has matured in its history, people have just become more abusive to themselves and they appreciate games that kind of don't really give them a chance, you know, like and, and it's not, you know, it, it's crazy because like games are not like NES hard. They're just hard for the sake of being hard and like. I can't stand games like that. I swear, like it just it bothers me so much. And and I'm not saying like Rogue Legacy was like that, but it just wasn't. It wasn't something that like I I just like felt like I wanted to come back to and just continue to try. Now I will say that when Hades came out, that was one of those games that like once I got my hands on it, I was like, yo, bro, I I can't go to sleep until I get past this part because you know, I use this combination of weapons and, and powers and 
um, you know, it kind of sort of worked and I got a little further and it's like, you know, there were, it, it was like those little incremental pushes towards success that could have been formulaic, could have been, you know, through my practice. I don't know, but man, I felt better playing like a game like Hades. So like with Rogue Legacy 2, it's like, I appreciate the fact that, you know, they're back on the scene and, you know, they got another game out, out the, out the works and everything like that. That's cool. But all it really makes me think is like, when are we going to get a Hades 2? You know, like I, I, it just makes me focus on the, on the rogue likes that I do appreciate. Um, and I, and I, and will, will I eventually get rogue legacy too? Probably not. Um, because my thing is like, it, it literally is a frustrating game to me. And I know a lot of people probably hear that and think like, yo, he's kind of weak at games. And it's like, yeah, all right, that's cool. You know, you know, we all kind of, uh, evolve and devolve and we got our places in the game uh you know in the realm of gaming and you know like I, yeah i used to be really hardcore about it i could tell stories all day about it, how i used to you know beat games to high hell and now i'm just more focused on just kind of like the linear path that a game can give me i try to take as straight of a path to the finish line as i possibly can um, you know, I'm definitely not a completionist. Like that's a whole nother, you know, thing that I feel like has come out in the classification of what makes a gamer. It's like, oh, you're a completionist. It's like, dude, like, <laughs> and, and to be honest, like completionists and collectors make me feel so bad about being a gamer. They, they, they make me feel like I'm not really a gamer, but I mean, it, you know, it's neither here nor there. It's just kind of like, you know, like I said, it's an evolution and I, and I respect it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know um, if I don't know if Rogue Legacy 2 is ever going to be good enough for me to go out and grab, you know, like I'm thinking like it's probably going to be one of those things where like possibly if I catch it on sale for like five bucks or something like that. I'll grab it, but like, I'm not going to pay full price and I'm not even going to pay like 10, 30% off. Nah, I gotta, you know, I gotta get a hefty discount and you know, it is, it has to, it has to be one of those things that when I, when I lose in the game, I tell myself, eh, I only pay five bucks, you know, <laughs> like that, like that's the reaction I'm trying to give the game. Um, switching off of games for a minute. Yo, 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 yo. So um, this past Friday was Friday 13th. And I don't know how superstitious you are, but, you know, uh, Kendrick Lamar dropped his album on Friday the 13th, which was super cool. Uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Man, such a good album. Such a great album. Um, you know what I like about Kendrick Lamar short of his music? I like the fact that as a man, he really holds everything close to his chest. He's not out here trying to be this super celebrity. You don't get stories about him, you know, even in his vulnerable moments, like his vulnerable moments come through the through you know the execution of his albums 
And I think that's what makes this album so rich because it's like meeting it's like meeting a friend that you haven't seen in like about four or five years and you're like, oh, what have you been up to? And it's all the most, you know, world shifting changes that a person can experience in their life. And th- and that's what his albums have been. And, you know, like I'm not a I'll be straight up. I'm not a big Kendrick Lamar fan. I can't like I can't like sit here and like rattle off, you know, 110 songs that the dude's done. You know, um, I, uh, there was a, there was one song that he did back on section 80 that I really enjoyed, uh, back then. And, you know, even good kid, Matt city, his, uh, you know, his quote unquote debut album, you know, the one he, where he signed with, uh, aftermath and Dr. Dre, like, you know, the album was good. And there were hits that I enjoyed because I'm, I'm more of a I'm not a mainstream listener. Like, I really don't ever care about what's on the radio. I usually care about like what's on the cuts, you know, like what's the stuff people aren't checking out? What's the stuff that people are listening to in their bed when they're sleeping or trying to drift off? And, you know, it's just kind of like eyes closed. This is the song that's, you know, uh, putting me in the dreamland like that type of stuff. Like I can care less about radio hits. I'm not a club guy anyway. Don't really care about all that. But this Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, dude, like this is I feel like this is him at his most vulnerable. And this is something that I feel like for me is such a volume to mental health and just champion ch- being a champion for just you know the the sake of 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 normalizing being off i guess cuz you know what what's what's so hard to deal with or at least for me what has been so hard to deal with is like growing up in a world where it seems like everybody has to kind of pose and be in position and just make it seem like, oh yeah, everything's okay. Like, I don't really want to know that everything's okay. Like, like I, I was asking a friend the other day ago, I was like, dude, how are you and how's your spirit? And he, he was thrown off, you know, he was thrown off because the fact that I asked beyond just his existence, it shook him. And I I meant I had no malintent. I meant no harm. I only wanted to truly understand, you know, his his feeling from, you know, the perception of how people view him as a human being to the reality of how he sits on the couch at home. Like it's two different things. And I think that I think we I think we as humans you know, we uh, we set ourselves to believe that putting on a mask and being something alter from the vulnerable aspect of our of our true selves is healthier than letting people know what's really going on. And I, I mean, I'm look, I'm not saying like you got to put all your business out there. But I, I tell people when I'm depressed, I tell people when I'm sad, I tell people when I'm upset, when I'm angry, 
Um, when I'm joyous, when I'm good, when I'm feeling great, I tell people all the time. I had about this weekend, which was a part of the reason why I couldn't record <clears throat> because I had like a little dip into depression. You know, somebody triggered me because the way that I reacted to, you know, a little bit of the dialogue and it was just like, uh, you know, this is something that I've dealt with in my past and I, I haven't quite jumped over that hurdle yet you know what i mean like i haven't dealt with that demon you know because the bottom line is these demons are scary you know and that's why we always look for support and helping deal with a lot of the stuff that we go through mentally because it is a scary place to be alone we're all alone in our own minds you know like that's why i feel like you know to me that's why I feel like religion is so, so uh, robust in our culture because people don't want to feel alone. People don't want to realize they're alone. Because the truth and reality is, is that you're alone and you're 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 definitely alone at two points of your life when you're born and when you die. And, you know, it's like no way it's around that. And I and I've always been a champion of saying, like, you know, I feel like people are so fearful of being alone that they take measures in order to feel like they're lockstep or in stride. And, you know, nobody wants to be the odd man out. Nobody wants to be out of lockstep. So if somebody so so if people, you know, if society makes a point to say this is normal, you don't want to step outside of that. And I feel and I personally have always felt like that was more of a danger to people and society and life. You know, like I feel like everybody deserves the moment and a chance to be who they truly are. You know, we should ne we should never we should never we should never be what the world expects us to be. Like nobody should ever come out the womb and they look at a person and say, that's the next president. If you don't fulfill that dream for them, then ultimately be, you become a letdown. And then what what meaning does your life have in that stretch? Because if you wanted to grow up and be a rock star, does that negate the, the you know, the, the, the proposition of what somebody else kind of ordains you to do? Like, nah, man, you got to. You have to live and do and be exactly what you plan to be. And in that, I want to ask another question. How comfortable are you guys? How comfortable are you? You know, I know most of you probably, you know, listen to this podcast and uh, you probably game in a little bit. Um, maybe you're chilling out. Maybe you're driving to work. I don't know. You know, but here's the thing. Are you comfortable today? Are you feeling all right? Is everything good? Especially post pandemic, you know, and I, and I, and I'll be the first to say it, you know, I'll be the first to say it post pandemic. Cause I feel like it's over. I feel like it never started. I feel like it's over. And I know a lot of you might be saying, Oh, he's crazy. Nah, it's not that I'm crazy. It's just, you know, society pumps so much up. To mean so much in, in any given time. 
and then it's it's like a fad it just it just disappears and then nobody nobody has any kind of resolution or nobody really ties a bow around why we're not talking about said discussion anymore because I'm, I'm gonna be honest two years ago i was scared out of my mind i was scared i was like listen you know i was like listen to the news and they were talking about lockdowns and this, that, and the third, and you could be arrested and boom, 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 boom. And like, I was like, I was legit. Let me tell you, I was legit going places. Cause I mean, I was in the know, but I wasn't really in the know. Like I knew something was happening, but I felt at that moment, maybe I didn't apply. I didn't know. So I was like driving around cities. I still remember this 2020. I was like driving around cities and it was like I was on the set for like Walking Dead season one. It was like nobody around. It was like a ghost town everywhere I went. Everything was a ghost town. And I was and I was so lost. I, I didn't I didn't know. Dude, the I still remember like the first time I went to the grocery store. And I, and I'm and I'm again, I'm in my I'm in my individual mind of, of thinking I'm like not even on the level of like letting the, the media kind of heard me or anything like that. And I'm pulling up to grocery stores and I'm seeing lines and I'm, and at first and, and it was so funny. I remember my first reaction to these lines. I was just thinking like, OK, it might be a hell of a sale. <laughs> Something could be on sale. Everybody's here for chicken tenders. <laughs> that's what I went in for but no it was this pandemic and you know like I like going through the whole thing it's just like man this this, this entire process has just been a roller coaster it's been a roller coaster I actually had a friend today ask me you know because um, sometime during the pandemic <clears throat> it was a you know, because we weren't really sure how long this thing was going to last. We didn't know anything about anything. And I was legit planning a trip. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go to Yosemite. And it was so funny because, like, I think about around the time where I told him that we'd go to Yosemite. Uh, they were talking about the vaccines. And. I told him, I was like, oh, dude, I'll totally go get the vaccine. You know, anything to just kind of keep life moving. But as a grown man, I started asking questions and, you know, this, that and the third. And to be quite honest with you, I'm being very honest with you. I didn't get the vaccine and I don't plan to and I don't need to. And, I, and I'm not, you know, and just because I don't have a vaccine doesn't mean I'm like some staunch Republican. I'm about as liberal as most people that are in my uh, general area. They're just there are just bigger questions that I have. There are just bigger points of reasoning that I feel like are being ignored and I'm paying attention to. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I'm a realist. You know, and that's not and that's not a discussion that I'm here to have. But the discussion that I want to have most importantly is just that. I want to know that everybody feels OK. Do I still wear a mask? It depends. Depends on where I'm at. Because the thing is, is that. 
if if we go through like this these whole mandates right like oh you don't have to wear masks anymore okay do you assume that the people who are not wearing masks are all vaccinated is that your assumption because then you'd be wrong but then am i wrong for not being vaccinated and paying attention to the mandate you know what i mean like like that's the catch-22 so to me my whole thing has just been this james be careful stay out of people's way which is which which i always made a joke this is something i normally do this is my normal life i'm i'm so antisocial it's not even funny to me it's not even funny i'm antisocial to the bone so you know it's like I didn't really feel like there was a big change. But, uh, you know, my friend, you know, he asked me because, you know, we're, you know, we, we didn't get a chance to go to Yosemite, obviously. And we were planning a trip We're we're planning. Well, we are planning a trip. We're planning another trip to go up there. And he asked me today. It was actually today. He goes, I'd like to have a discussion about vaccination. I said, oh, shit, here we go. And, uh, you know, I told him, I said, look, dude, like this is this is my stance. Like, do I think you're a bad person for getting vaccinated? Hell no. Just the same way as I don't want to be discounted for not. But it was crazy because like he, you know, one thing that he told me, you know, he said, well, you know, I I kind of had a. I kind of had a session with some friends of mine, family friends of mine, and we hung out and it was great to see him. I hadn't seen him in years. Come to find out both weren't vaccinated. And I and it was crazy because like the way that the way that I heard the conversation, it almost sounded like somebody gave him AIDS. And he was and he just went in for his physical like that's how he made it sound. And I kind of felt bad for him. But in the same stretch, not really. Because I felt like, you know, you know the people that you're dealing with. And that's the important thing. You know who you're dealing with every day. It's it's, it's how I've gone through this pandemic. I know who I'm dealing with. I know who I'm around. I know what's important to me. I know where I need to be. I know where I shouldn't be. You know, even when they were, you know, lifting certain, you know, boundaries and rules and people can do this and people. I, I was not around for any of that. I still played it very close to the chest. I just wasn't in a rush to go out and let somebody poke me in the arm with something that they, you know, uh, manufactured in less than four months. You know, it, 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 it was just crazy <clears throat> to me, to me. It was just crazy. But again, I don't I don't think less of anybody who's been vaccinated. I also don't think that I'm doing anybody a disservice by being not vaccinated. It's like I told my friend, I said, dude, listen, 
we go to Yosemite, you already know that I'm going to go get tested, you know, like days before I arrive. I'm not going to do anything in between the days that I, I, you know, get tested and come up to Yosemite. What am I going to do? I'm going to be in the car by myself. And, you know, I don't want to get into the argument about people who are vaccinated and still can contract it. That's a thing. But to me, it's like I'm going to take the necessary precautions. I know what I I know what I need to do. I know I know how best to protect myself because and, and even if I didn't do all that. Do I need this person like all in my face? No, there's no point of us being face to face, just like all breathing on each other and just doing God knows what. Like, no. It would never be that scenario. It would never, ever be that scenario. So. I mean, I like. I think it's more about just being careful. I think it's just more about being careful. It's about the way you carry yourself. I just I just don't I don't I'm not I'm not so carefree in my life that I just walk through droves of people who cough and hawk up spit and all that. Like when I, when I hear stuff like that, nine times out of 10, I vacate the premises. Like I don't have time to stick around with somebody who is so unconsciously, you know, um, in their realm of, you know, Oh, I'm just sick, but I'm, I don't really give a shit because I'm just, I gotta get this spit out. Like, no, 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 no. Cause I don't know what the hell's in your phlegm. I'm not I'm not about to find out. I don't want to know. And 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 again, going back and like like again, it's not an argument, but going back to the point, being vaccinated would not protect me from that. And I'd feel just as bad if I was vaccinated and somebody was sitting there hacking, coughing, doing all that crap, and I and then I ended up getting COVID. I'd be just as mad. Just as mad. But anyway, I'm going to jump off that. You know, since we're talking kind of the end of the world, the apocalypse, let's talk about video games again. <laughs> let's talk about the outer worlds. Because, man, the outer worlds, I don't know how you feel about the outer worlds. I don't know if you even know what the outer worlds is. If you don't, If you don't know what the outer worlds is, the outer worlds is a game that was developed I want to say three four years ago and um, it was developed in the vein of like a fallout and I believe that the majority if not the majority the entire team who created uh, Fallout New Vegas they made that game and it was super funny because I remember when the game was announced and I was kind of happy because I was like, because at the, at the time the game was announced, I was in the, I was in like the midst of like everyone, you know, talking what was the social norm at the moment, which was everybody has to play Fallout New Vegas. And I'm thinking, no, I don't, you know, because I just, it, you know, it was just a moment past. I wasn't going to go back and play that game ever. I still won't. I still will not. So I felt like I felt like this was kind of like a sigh of relief that, okay, you know, 
the people who made the New Vegas game went out and made another game, but it's more original to their point of what they want to create. And it's doing a whole lot of stuff different, right? It's more cartoony, has a bunch of humor in it. Like the humor in the game is just like hands down some of the best writing and delivery I've ever heard in my life. Just so great. I remember when I first played, you know, the first 12 hours of the game, I was just like, dude, this, this rocks. This is like so good. And I don't know what the hell uh, New Vegas was, but it ain't this. And this is, this is tits to me. This is the greatest game ever. Right. And what what's super funny is that um, I actually played this game on PS4. And I don't know what happened, but I basically lost my save. I lost my save. I lost everything. I just lost it all. I lost everything. And I was so mad about it. I was like, dude, what the hell? Like, wh- where did it all go? Like, I, you know, like I, I see the thing about me and subscriptions is like, I'm not an unconscious subscriber. So, yeah, there's sometimes that, you know, like if it's nothing on Netflix, I cancel it. That's just how I do. I think the only thing that the only thing that I don't cancel is like HBO Max. Because I feel like I don't know. I just feel like it's always some, every time, like when I'm getting ready to cancel HBO Max. Some new pops on. I was getting ready to cancel like two days ago, and then uh, M Night Shyamalan's movie Old came on there, and I was like, "Oh, I kind of wanted to see this." It was bad, but I still kind of wanted to see it. But um, yeah, I think that was like I think that was me being a victim to <clears throat> you know my frugal nature and just canceling stuff all the time. So I think maybe when I was saving games, I was probably doing it on ps plus and and at the time i didn't have the money to get the ps plus back up and i i don't i don't know what it was but i just all i know is i couldn't get back to my original save and i was mad as hell i was mad i was like yo i will never play this game again and and then it and then it didn't it didn't make it any better when uh microsoft um purchased the company they purchased that company and at that time, I was thinking, oh, they purchased it. And, and you know, like I, I was a little stupid because I was, you know, because the thing is, is like I don't I don't really read into like how contracts operate and stuff. So when when it was like, oh, they got the people who made who they got the people who made uh, Outer Worlds and they were supposed to do DLC. And it was like, oh, man. So now the DLC is going to just be exclusive to Xbox. It's not like, no, actually it's not. It's going to be everywhere. And I don't know, like at that, at the point at, at, at that, at that same time, I was trying to prepare for the PS five and this, that, and the third. And I, like, I, I, like I basically got to a point where I was just like, I, I am not going to invest in any any new games anymore until I get my hands on a PS5. That's why that's why I was so mad when I didn't get a PS5. Like I was super mad. I was like, "Yo, this sucks cuz I really wanted to get back into games like Outer Worlds and 
you know, a lot of stuff that I dropped, you know, uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon had come out, didn't get a chance to really play that because I wanted to continue all this stuff on PS5 and I couldn't and Elden Ring was going to drop and I was just like, yo, I'm going to lose my mind if I don't get something. So like now I'm playing Outer Worlds and I'm doing it on my Steam Deck and man, it's like, it was crazy because it's like when I first started back up, when I first started back up, I was a little hot. I was like, oh man, you know, I'm, you know, I'm really not feeling like, like I don't even, I didn't even remember if I made a woman or a man as my avatar for the first time. Cause I, I kind of wanted to emulate what I did the first time and I just couldn't do it. I was like, I don't even remember. Right. Um, but once I got, once I got far enough in the game, I was like, okay, it's starting to pick back, pick back up to where it's starting to pick back up to where I'm like, not, you know, I'm not as upset about, you know, the loss anymore. Cause like, honestly, by the, by the time when I lost all of what I lost from PS4, man, I had, I had like some of the best weapons. I had all kinds of stuff going on. Even like borderlands three it was like yo you got some of the best guns in the world and i gave it all up and i lost all my saves and you know i was like dude do you start over or what do you do like so like like these are the things i was dealing with and this this is again this is a part of what built my animosity with sony it was just like bro y'all killing me because if y'all would have really made it a point of just um at the very least, give me an opportunity to fairly um, obtain and secure a PS5. I wouldn't be thinking so hard about the games that I'm just letting kind of sit and not be played and, you know, releasing and not be played. You know, like I still haven't played Scarlet Nexus. I'm like, dude, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? So I don't know. I it, It's crazy. It's crazy. It's just crazy, you know. But in but in but but it was was really cool though, is that in all the time that I wasn't playing video games, I picked up other hobbies. One of those hobbies, as you guys know, is skating, and I've been skating my skate, skating my tail off. And um, you know, it's kind of crazy because when I when I first started skating, like like you know, just 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 quick 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 synopsis. When I first started skating, right, I was I was so analytical about skating. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to know about all of the intricate points of what made skating what it was. From the board to the skater to the just the art of doing the tricks. And the, the tricks is definitely where it kind of steps up and steps out, you know, because like when I, when I was learning about boards and stuff, it was like, Oh my God. Like it it was like, it was a good kind of overload for my brain. I loved it. I was like, Oh my God, just sitting here listening to, you know, YouTube videos about, uh, trucks all day. You know, this is just a life to listen about wheels all day. This is great to listen about decks all day. Like, this is awesome. And like, it's so funny because like, uh, you know, like I've had people close to me like, you know, why do you buy so many decks? Why do you build so many decks? And it's like because I can't because my thing is this it's it's like 
you know, it's like anything else in life. You know, you you want, you know, whatever you're interested in, you you want to try to obtain the perfect iteration of what your interest embodies. You know, and I think that's the thing about skating is that you want to obtain that perfect balance pun and no pun but you 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 try for you you try for perfection so it's like i'm buying you know several different trucks several different wheels several different bearings several different decks several different you know uh uh um <clears throat> several different um ah what is <laughs> what a grip tape there you go i was like yo lost my mind for a minute but you but you know you 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 go all over the spectrum right and my and, and i think what what didn't help was the fact that i wasn't letting i mean i was listening to the i was listening to the overall lesson on why things were important but i wasn't allowing anybody to sway my decision on what was better i think i think i think i did that mostly for you know the intricate parts of 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 the uh skateboard but when it came to like the deck it was just kind of like i don't know it was like it was like it was like eating sandwich bread it was like everybody has a different take on what makes the perfect bread you know like there's roman meal there's wonder bread there's freaking sarah lee like everybody has a different kind of bread and i just want to know what makes your bread the best and that's how i felt about the decks it was like yo you know you got creature out here you got santa cruz you got palparalta you got black label you got blood wizards you got so many different decks what makes your deck better than the other ones and then overall what makes all you know and this is the part that really tripped me out because i was thinking like you got all these decks out here right but what gives a skate shop the audacity to sell like a regular board like a house board with their name on it it's like aren't you underselling you know the the fabulousness of what you know what decks you get in to sell for you know to the masses that come from like people like Tony Hawk, Rodney Mullen, you know, uh, Andy Anderson, you know, uh, you know, like your big time skaters, you know, like you get, you know, you're, you're, you're getting your money off of these big names, but you have the audacity to sell your board next to those boards. Like, what does it all mean? And, and I would buy into this so much, right? And so like that always led me to like this kind of like moment of clarity because I was like and and, and, and and here's the other thing. It really had to kind of it really had to do with how I was being perceived because like I love telling people about my life and about what I'm doing, what I'm going through, this, that and the third. So when I started skating, it was like a big thing for me and I wanted everybody to know my close family, friends, whoever. And I had to like ask myself, dude, like I really had to ask myself, I was like, yo, is this more like of an obsession for me? Or is this just like a fad that'll just kind of like wear off in a little bit? And to be quite honest, I think for me, it's something that... I, I deeply had locked and 
you know, like I really didn't have the resources, the ability or the support in order to take advantage of what it is, because now I'm taking advantage of it, you know, in a later part of my life. And it's like, I'm good with it. But when people look at me and they're just like, dude, you're not a kid, you know, like how the hell are you like you're a grown man and you want to skate like how is that like a thing? And, you know, people probably think like, oh, he's going through a crisis or nah, dude, it's not that. It's just like I feel like you should never live your life and then get close to the end of anything and and think about all the things that you didn't do. I don't want to think about what I didn't do when I die. When I die, I want to think about all the great things that I did, the awesome people that I met and just a wonderful life that I led. And I think that should be everybody's goal, you know, and, and that's one of the things that motivated me when I was skating. I was like, bro, this has been a, this has been something that has been deep seated in me forever. I just wasn't in the right frame of mind or environment in order to unlock all this potential. And now I am and I'm good and I feel great, you know, but it still is a little discouraging because like. I was uh, talking to my aunt and God bless her because she's, she's such a sweet, 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 sweet woman. But you know, she, you know, she's old school. And I think she really kind of just thought that this was just going to be something that came and went, you know, and uh, we were sitting having dinner and I was talking about skating. And uh, she said, Oh, you're still doing that. And it was like, what do you mean? What is that? You know, like <laughs> I was so mad. Well, I wasn't mad, but I was just kind of like, like, the, like, dude, like, are you, are we serious right now? Like, like, what do you mean? Like, okay. Yeah. I'm not Nigel Houston. Uh, I'm, I'm not freaking making tons of money. Do I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm free and I'm loving it. And I'm loving every moment of my life. And that's it. You know, you know, when I had somebody telling me like, oh, you, you buy too many boards and you need to stop and this, that and the third. It's like, dude, no, you should stop. Stop discouraging me from expressing my passion because it's not because there's the answer. It's not an obsession. It's not a fad. It's a passion. It's a passion unlocked and I'm thankful for it, you know. And um, it, it goes into saying that you can't and you shouldn't allow people to have a reaction within your decisions of life. You should always be the decider of your own life and how you choose to live it. You know, and life, life is life is, you know, life should always be lived to the extent. So long as you're not harming anyone. If you harming someone then you need to take a different route in your life, you know? Um, but if you're living and you're happy and you feel free, 
what 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 is better than that? And that's what I that that's I think that's the part where I wish the people who do look at me, judge me, ridicule me would just look and just say this dude's happy. He's happy. Even though he's not the best skater, he doesn't, you know, he's he he doesn't, you know, he doesn't do much of what I would I would call progression, but he he he's feeling good. And he looks happy. And when I talk to him, he is happy. That's what we should want. And it's not just skating. It's, it's everything in life. It's everything, man. But now we switch back to games. <laughs> I just love it. I, I love I love just kind of changing the tide. Crash on you hard. Then I pull off for you guys. But um, yeah, I, I mentioned... Uh, a game uh yakuza like a dragon holy crap yakuza games i i i actually got led on to yakuza games back ps3 which is kind of funny because i didn't even buy the game i remember i uh moved in with my cousin and he had a PS3 and he never hooked up to the internet. Never, never, never. But me, I'm super techie, always trying to be online with everything. And I hooked it up to the internet. And um, and I saw this series and I was like, what is this Yakuza crap, right? And, I, and it was made by Sega, this, that, and the third. And then I would go and I would read on it. And I was just like, this is just Shinmu with, with like a grown-up. <laughs> Like that's the way I looked at it. I was like, "This is just Shinmu." It's like you you play as a guy who just goes around this big, robust city, and you just do whatever you want. I think the only difference is you don't, you know. There's no. I think I think in the Yakuza games there is a night and day balance, but like you don't you don't go home to go to bed. You know, like you go and you save, and it advances the story and all that. But again, like unlike uh, Shinmu, you're not you know you're not driving forklifts you know you just kind of you know you go to uh you go to uh uh, uh ballparks not not ballparks but the uh, what do they call it batting cages there you go you go to batting cages you go to karaoke bars you go to hostess clubs you do like little stuff like that and you just keep yourself occupied through the day you go and you beat up thugs you just do randomness and and like i remember like seeing these games back on ps3 and i was just like yeah, I think I'm just going to buy Tales of Zillia 2. And I didn't even know what Tales of Zillia 2 was, but I, I was super stoked to get it at the time, and it was such a good game. Um, but, man, in all the advancement of the Yakuza games, and they come out with Like a Dragon. And I I remember thinking when, when I saw Like a Dragon, I was thinking, like, yo, I'm probably not going to want to play this game. Why? Because... I already, I already did take a leap, and I bought uh, Yakuza Kawami. I think it was called. And uh, no, 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 I bought Yakuza Zero. Yakuza Zero. That's what I bought. And I wasn't, I wasn't too impressed with it. I wasn't too impressed. It was cool. It was a great game, good narrative, and all that stuff. But I just wasn't really like in it, you know. And I'm pretty sure that somebody 
can tell me about a Yakuza game that out of out of the litter of them and they can say like, yo, you need to play five because that's the one where it really goes ham. <clears throat> but when I when I heard about like a dragon, I was just like, yeah, nah, I, I just think this is basically going to be like another zero or Kawami, you know, kind of like a, a substandard to the original. I'll just wait for seven, you know, but then I started paying attention. And when people were like, oh, this is such a great game. It's like a 10 out of 10. I was like, Yakuza game, 10 out of 10. Like, I've never heard such a thing. Like, all I ever hear about is how, like, their cutscenes are, like, way too long. And the dialogue is, like, sleepworthy. And, um, yeah, people were just, like, really talking it up. And, again, this goes back into, like, the whole dialogue about me not having, a, you know, like, closing out my PS4, preparing for the PS5, and just... I never had the opportunity to play proper to what that release was because I eventually did jump on the hype. I just didn't have anywhere to experience it anywhere. And now I have it on my steam deck and I totally went and bought it. And Oh my gosh, such a good game. I'm not, I'm, I'm actually in it and, and I'm having, I'm basically having the same experience and I've kind of I've I've kind of just acquiesced to this point where it's like because because that's that's the theme that I'm seeing that I'm running into as far as like the stuff I buy on my Steam Deck. I'm basically just buying a bunch of the games that I either partially finished, you know, in games like Resident Evil 2, where it's kind of like I, I went through Leon's story, went through. Claire's story but I didn't go through their b-side I didn't go through the hunk story I didn't go through the tofu story like I want to really dig in and like play that game like the original one that I played back on ps1 um you know I never got a chance to like really uh get into you know games like code vein like I remember playing the demo but I never got into it I never got into the um the anthology horror series of games like the I was super into those games I remember getting the one the standalone game that came out um that one was really cool um but when they went and started making the series i was like dude i want to i kind of want to play and like now i'm just hopping into all this stuff so i'm basically just kind of playing catch up at the moment with a lot of stuff that i didn't experience on ps4 which of course totally the steam deck is able to do it's able to emulate well not i don't want to say emulate but it's able to handle all of those requirements that you know were the benchmark for so many years on the ps4 and i'm loving it because those are the games i'm still interested in those are the games i'm still interested in one game one game that i did grab though that i cannot get myself to start up is disco elysium <laughs> and it's so crazy because it's like i literally bought this game because of all of the hype i heard several people talking about dude disco Elysium is like it is the one game it's like and and i mean they say this about every game right but there was just a little bit more stank on that one and i was just like i gotta grab it because you know if it's as good as they're making it seem like i actually watched um and i rarely watch ign like i don't trust them for many reviews but i watched the guy give a review for disco elysium and i think his original review was like 9.5 or 9.8 or something like that and then they came out with like the 
final cut and then he gave it a perfect 10 and he said it was strictly because what he thought was lacking which was the di- some some spoken dialogue they added so they gave it the 10 and I was like okay so you basically gave it a 10 because the dialogue's really good so that's why I bought it I was like okay I'm going to I'm going to try to go into this game you know I want to I want to buy into this whole idea of you know a narrative and I'm going to just try to have fun and I just every time I start it up I cannot get myself to press start I just can't. And I think the big part about it is because one, I'm super intimidated. And two, I got a lot of freaking games right now. Like I've had the Steam Deck for, I don't know, three months now, two, 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 three months. And I got a lot of games. I mean, one one of the, okay, so the first game I bought when I got the Steam Deck was uh, Elden Ring. The first game I got. Shouldn't have been, but it was. Good game. Great game. Way better than Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. I couldn't stand that game. Hated that game. But then I, you know, then I started getting into my normal groove of how I of how I how I experience games. And you know, I bought Final Fantasy 15. And I knew I knew I shouldn't have done that. I knew I shouldn't have done that. That was a problem. Because once I got Final Fantasy 15, it was a wrap. It was like, yeah, time wasted. And I literally haven't had that game for more than a month. And I think I've already put like 24 hours into the game. Like, love me some Final Fantasy 15. Love, love, love. And it's so funny because like I've I've actually been like, ever, you know, even before the Steam Deck got to me, I had been promising myself. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get into an MMO. More than likely, it's going to be Final Fantasy 14, this, that, and the third. And no, I, I, I no. I, I, I have, I have acquiesced to the, to the understanding that I want to just play games that make me happy. Cause I, cause I know in the back of my head, I'm like, dude, if I buy Final Fantasy 14, I'm just going to run into a bunch of toxic people and then I'm going to I'm going to hate myself for it. I'm going to hate myself for paying for the game again. And then on top of that, paying for a subscription monthly, which I, 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 I you got to you got to give you got to give Final Fantasy 14 a round of applause for, you know, sticking it out and still servicing a subscription for this many years. That is just amazing beyond anything. Um, but yeah. That's what that's a sacrifice I would have to make. And I just didn't feel like it was worth it. But 15 was and 15 is a game that I've beaten before beating the game before um, went and got all the ultimate weapons for all my parties for all my party. I didn't I didn't get all the uh, all the Kings weapon. I, I forgot what they call them, but I didn't get those get all of those. Um I never beat the big tortoise, the adamantium. I think that's what it's called. Never beat that. Um, so I was, so there, like there was a lot of stuff that I was still meant to do, but I definitely walked away from final fantasy 15 feeling complete. I think I did enough at the time, but you know, what, like when I saw that it was available for Steam deck, I'm like, why not go through it again? I've done, I've done it with final fantasy seven. I've done it with eight. 
you know, you, you, you play through some of those games and it's just like, like, cause it, and, and that was a beautiful thing about seven and eight. Cause I remember, I remember with seven specifically seven, like I remember like on the multiple playthroughs, I didn't really care about like navigating myself through the story with any different build or anything like that. Like the first time I played through it, once, once I, once I learned, you know, that the formula was to grind your materia so that you can, you know, basically be this formidable force to any enemy. I like my, my, my head, my headlights were focused, but then I got to this point where I was just like, Oh, there's a battle arena. I just want to play the battle arena. And I mean, I literally played it till I got to the last, to the boss of the battle arena. Oh, I can race checkables all day. I never got to the point where I got a gold chocobo, but I loved racing chocobo. I would win all the time, but never got a gold chocobo. Never got a knight of the round. Um, when it was final fantasy eight, it was like, all I wanted to do was just go around the entire map, collect as many of those cards as I could and just play that card game. Like, that it may it makes people like people will look at me weird when I say I literally cut on this game so I can just experience that portion. Like I would literally do that. I would literally turn on Final Fantasy Seven just to go to the battle arena at the Golden Saucer and just grind through the battle arena and do nothing else. And then like whenever I got tired, I was like, okay, that was enough, and then just leave. Even with modern games like that, like I do with uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, like I will turn on Red Dead Redemption 2 and I will go to the local town and I will look for their saloon and I will play high stakes poker. I will make enough money to go to the riverboat and play even higher stakes poker. And and, 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 and if I whether I'm up five hundred dollars or I've lost all my money. I'll just turn the game off. No, no need to hit a mission. I'm, I'm good. The mission is to do what I want to do. And all I want to do is play poker, you know, like, and all I want to do is go to the battle arena or all I want to do is play cards. Like that's basically where I am. And in that point of obsession, I do want to ask another question. Why the hell do I keep buying control? Like, I have not been able to answer that question ever since that game released. Because I buy it everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, I get control. I got control when it originally came out. And I got it for the PS4. And I got, like, the Ultimate Edition, had her in the cat suit and all that other jazz super awesome game love it then google stadia got announced and uh that was a thing when got it on there then amazon announced their thing amazon luna got my little you know subscription to them got it over there xbox game cloud played it there you know, now I'm on now I'm on freaking Steam Deck and 
what's one of the first games I grab? Control. I don't know what's so good about that game. Like I like the game the game itself is great. The game itself is amazing. Good narrative, great graphics, everything's just cool. Um but it's something that's highly addictive about that game. Like I would like I'm thinking about you know like okay, like I've done it with Final Fantasy 15, but I haven't done it to that capacity, right? But in that same stretch, Final Fantasy 15 isn't that widely available. But it, but but I could I could tell you honestly, every single time that I've gone out and I've purchased Control or made a subscription so that I could experience Control, I even got Control on the Nintendo Switch Cloud version, and I knew it wasn't going to be that good. But anywhere I could experience control, I went and I got it. And it's, it's, it's so insane to me. It's so insane to me. But speaking of all that, like, like what, what, what I, <laughs> this is crazy. What happened to Google Stadia? Like, what the, what, what happened to Google Stadia? Like, Seriously. I still remember where I was when Google Stadia got announced. I was at work. It was 2020. No, actually, I think it was 2019. And um, they were having a little press conference. And it was kind of like E3. You know, they got all the big wigs there. And they got people on stage and people that you didn't think they, they would, you know, sign to the company, this, that, and the third. And it was just so much going on. And I was like, bro, I think Google's going to make a real push at doing video games. And I'm here for it because at the time I was like super over Sony, super over Microsoft. I was like, man, if Google comes out with a console, I'll dig into it. As long as it's not, you know, like some, uh, you know, Panasonic, you know, 3DO or you know, nothing like that, like, you know, thousands of dollars for it. Like, I, I'll, you know, if it's reasonable, I'll grab it. And even even in learning that it was going to be like a streaming service, like I, I'll be look, I was like anybody else. I was like, bro, is my Internet going to be good enough for that? Like that, that was like the question, like, yo, what am I going to do about the Internet? Like, like, am I going to be in, in, a, in a good enough spot where this isn't something that I have to think about? But for the most part, the Internet was not their problem. And I know a lot of I know a lot of the haters and, I, and I'm not going to I'm not even going to entertain the position of the haters because the haters are just kind of coming at like, oh, well, you don't really own your game. Yeah, well, you know what? You do the same thing when you go into, you know, your subscriptions with with, uh, you know, with uh, PS Plus or Xbox Cloud. You don't own none of that. You just got a right to play it and it's cool. And you can't tell me that Google wouldn't wouldn't have a. Um, you know, they wouldn't have a plan, you know, because 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 in the in the eventual when they do decide to hang it all up, they will have to think about, well, how do we how do we transition these people who made us their primary? Because, it's yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I wasn't like. 
I wasn't the most invested in in the system, but I definitely did invest. Heck, that's where I that's where I first played uh, Cyberpunk 2077. That's where I beat the game. I beat it on Google Stadia. That's where I beat uh, and, and experienced uh, uh, Resident Evil Village. I purchased these games there. That's where I got back into Division Two. You know, it's like it's not it's not so much like it wasn't it wasn't or it isn't games there that I want to experience. But for what it's worth, it's like. What is Google doing? To bolster the support. That they've garnered up to this point, it's like they were doing nothing, they were doing absolutely nothing. And that bothered me. I was like, yo, I don't think I could be here anymore. Like, like, let's just be real with it. And in the beginning, it was like I wasn't really even thinking twice about the investment. I was thinking like, yo, I'll, I'll invest in games over here. It's not a problem. And I'm not rich, but damn, if, you know, if they turn around, and say they can't transfer the stuff, then screw it. I'll go and buy it again if i really like it i mean is resident evil village that much of a game where i want to play it again right now not really it's fun while it lasted do i really need to be on uh 2077 like that not really maybe they come out with another update and it's like oh man it just you know maybe you know like it pulled a no man's sky and they just way going left and it's just it's everything it needs to be then maybe we'll talk about you know buying it again but again, I think I think the bigger the bigger solution would be for Google to like really figure out a way, have a contingency plan to say like, look, we're not doing too hot. We've been feed, we, we've been false profits. We've been feeding these people lies and and miscalculations and this that and the third, and we gotta really you know buffer the storm before it gets bad. Cause these people are going to be nuts. Like we've dealt with consumers that we've lied to in several different aspects, but you don't mess with gamers, bro. You, that's something you don't do, bro. You, you, yeah, yeah. That's a rich company, but man, gamers, gamers will stay on your ass. They'll stay on your ass. And any, any endeavor you have in the light of what you did previously, they will ride on it and they'll let everybody else know, you know? So I feel like it's in their best interest because I, I don't think Google Stadia is hot no more. I think they, I, you know, I didn't want to ever come out and be like, oh, yeah, they finna die. Nah, it's not that. But I don't think that there's no more support that I could lend them. It was stuff. It, it, it was stuff that I was saying that it just didn't even seem like it, it could have possibly manifested into a consideration like one of my one of the most important things i said i said okay look y'all don't have a console your controller is the cornerstone you're giving your like like legit stadia was giving controllers away with every single premium pre-order that they had if it was a premium pre-order it came with a controller how do i know because i got two additional controllers with games that i pre-ordered Cyberpunk 2077 and Resident Evil Village. 
right? But here's the thing. They didn't make anything special. If you're going to do it on a pre-order like basis, make it a special controller. Make it special. Like, yo, you're pre-ordering Cyberpunk 2077 on our deliverance of this game that people have been anticipating. We have an exclusive controller for you guys to experience this game. Bro, at the very least, even if I still gave up on y'all, I'd be like, well, I got a dope ass controller. I know that much. <laughs> they just they they didn't do that. They only had like what three colors. The midnight blue that they came out with was just exclusive to people who bought into their idea in the beginning. And then they had white with the orange. Then they had black to kind of keep up with the Joneses. And then they had like a one that they called wasabi, which was dope. Not gonna lie, it was dope. But if you look at like your competition, you know, not even on their standard offerings, because I, because you know, you walk into a store and you look at Xbox, it's like okay, basically they like they got a white controller, got a black one, they got a red one, they got a blue, one. you know, like yeah, that's what it is. But even still, they got the elite controllers and stuff, and they got them custom controllers where you can just make up, you know, color combinations, do this, that, and the third, and you got something that really speaks your volume. Why are y'all not doing that? You know, either either one of two ways: either either make make controllers specific to games that are offered on your on your system, quote unquote, or give people the ability to be original in their investment of your company they didn't they didn't allow that to happen so i was i was sitting at home with two white ass controllers two controllers i didn't even want you know like and and that was the other thing like i was like okay look in in the midst of the pre-order the very least you can do for me is if you're not if you're not going to give me a specific special controller for my investment at least let me make a choice of what color controller I want. But nah, I had to go with the white controller. It was like, yo, that's not good enough. And that and that's why I'm like, yo, what the f happened with uh, Stadia? Because it, cause it, it's... By concept, it's a good idea. But Google's execution is just played out. And I think they played they self. And, you know, you, you would have expected them to pull a Bill Gates, you know, sans early Microsoft Xbox, because I remember that, man. I, I still remember. I still remember when the when the original Xbox came out. Right. Like this is back when Microsoft was just still the computer company. And nobody even thought they were like, bro, they're getting ready to come out with a system. This is going to be whack. And you had Bill Gates on stage and, you know, he was, you know, he was pulling up big celebrities like The Rock at the time trying to sell this idea of this system. And, you know, it's like. He put, he put a lot forward. In order to at least get something to blossom. And by the time he stepped away from it all, it was able to sustain itself, you know what I mean? But. Google hasn't done that. 
They haven't pulled no big names towards them. They haven't tried to acquire any studios or nothing. Like this is Google we're talking about. It's Google, the like the number one company next to Amazon. And they couldn't they couldn't acquire no studio. You know, for the hundreds of millions that Microsoft and Sony has been investing in different studios and we've been all clutching our pearls and oh my god, they got they got them. Oh my gosh. Google could have been doing the same exact thing and they, they could have done it without without a breath. And they never did nothing and they refused to do anything. So, yeah, that's where I stand. So how do you guys feel about Google Stadia? It's, it's Google Stadia. Something that you remain playing is something you still playing right now. Um, do you have control the video game control? Um how many consoles do you have it on that? That's something that's really important. That's something that I really want to know. Have you started, finished, or not even played Disco Elysium? How do you feel about the Yakuza series? Um, do you have anything that you're passionate about that other people kind of look at you and say, ah, oh, it's just kind of like a fad or just like a partial obsession? Have you ever played Outer Worlds or have you played uh, New Vegas? That's something I'm really interested in. I've never played Fallout New Vegas, but I want to hear what people's uh, thoughts are about that. Um, and again, I ask, how are you? Are you comfortable? Is everything going great for you post pandemic? And have you been listening to any new music outside of the recently released Kendrick Lamar album? And are you into roguelikes? Um, have you played Rogue Legacy 2? Or are you anticipating a Hades sequel? I would love to hear from you guys. You guys can always hit me up. I am on the Twitter more m-o-o-r-e-t-a podcast and uh yeah we can talk about these things because i do appreciate you guys coming around listening to the show giving me support you guys have been here doing that thing for years as long as i have been here to do as i always say give you guys more of the greatness so with that being said you guys already know the drill take care of yourselves and each other and i will see you guys next time bye guys